0: this is the scripture It says, kind it, says, it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it's not rude amen hey, wives come on you better help me with that <laughs> come on yeah you, come on you know you live with somebody it's all right I mean you can tell I'm, I'll cancel you after the service but anyway <laughs> it is not rude it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs oh come on brothers We got you there, don't we? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Man, can you imagine what would happen if we went on a love revolution? Can you imagine what would happen if everyone we encountered we love? What if we went to the inner city and the brothers with their pants hanging down and their hairs and dreadlocks, we got out and just loved on them? What would happen if you go to a trailer park and, and he may be missing a t- missing t- but, Hey, we hit a love. No, 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 no. What if you go to the neighbor who's been driving you crazy? What if you go to him and you say, Hey, I want to throw in the towel. I've been, I've been carrying this grudge too long. What if you go to your coworkers or your supervisor and say, here, listen, I want to I wanna wave a white flag? It's time for us to love one another. And so as we begin to look at this love, how do we love people who have behavior that's different than ours? Behavior that is we would call sinful. How do you love people? Unconditionally. When they don't walk like us, talk like us, think like us, act like us. Well, I want to just give you three quick principles and I'm going to let you go. Is that all right? Okay. And so what I call this sermon today is I call when we have an attitude of lavishing others with love, it results in three things. I'm going to tell you the three things because when we get serious about love, man, you're going to see these three things manifest. Is that all right? So I got about four minutes, four minutes and I'm going to be just sitting down. Is that all right? Let me give it to you. Thank you, brother. I need you up here. Thank you for being close to me. And so anyway, I said, I said this. I said, when we have an attitude of lavishing others with love, it results. Listen, it results in love guiding our perspective. Oh, can you, did you get that? That when we lavish others with love, that, 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 that it guides our perspective. Most of us have clouded perspective of people. We do. Most of us have messed up perspective of people. Let me give you an example. Everyone that you see that you don't know, you assign value to a person. You do. I mean, you don't do it consciously, you do it unconsciously. Everyone that you see, you assign value to them. When I walked on the airplane and I sat up in in my wonderful seat and I saw the pilot walk on, I said, that guy must be pretty smart, be able to fly this plane, he must be pretty cool. And then I saw the, I saw the stewardess walk on, and, and the stewardess, she came on, and you know, really happy, and I said, hmm, she must be pretty sharp too, got a real good job. And I gave her, I, I gave her value, and then, and then the lady sitting next to me, she was a school teacher. She said, my boyfriend gave me these good seats. I said, really? She must be pretty good. She's a good school teacher. A boyfriend gave her some great seats and she's gonna ride next to me. She must be pretty cool. You see, I gave her value. But here's the reality. If we look at people that we honor and respect, we literally give them more value. If Tiger Woods opened that door, and I said, My friend Tiger is coming down the aisle. How many golfers would slide over and say, Tiger? You can sit here, bro. <laughs> we give Tiger value. If Donald Trump, well, no, that's not a good answer. No, 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 no. Amen. <laughs> hey, bad preacher, bad preacher. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> bad preacher. But, but we, give, we give people value, and, and even though Tiger's had bad behavior, because he's popular, we will continue to give him value. Even when he went through a storm, we gave Tiger value. We give people value, specifically when they look like us, act like us, walk like us, talk like us. But here's the question. What if two guys would open the door? holding hands, and walk down this aisle and said, excuse me, I'd like to sit next to you. How would you treat them? If two ladies came down the aisle hugging one another and they wanted to sit beside you, how would you respond to that? You see, what we do is we would reduce their value. Oh no, that sinner! I oh, ain't letting this sinner get next to me and my children. No, oh, I ain't gonna. Uh, come on, y'all, spread out. You know, you start bogarting the chairs. Well, we ain't sitting over here. <laughs> you know why? Because we have been trained that when people's behavior don't match our behavior, we don't give them value. That's your perspective. That's a bad perspective. Now, let me tell you why I say that. Is because when you look at Jesus, he didn't live his life like that. You remember the woman caught in adultery? The Pharisees were like church people. Pharisees, like, oh, Jesus, here she comes. That boga, she ain't sitting next to me. She, she caught in adultery. They were looking at her behavior. And Jesus said, wait a minute. Hold on. I don't even want to talk about your behavior. But I'm not going to determine her value by her behavior. I am going to determine her value because she's been made in the image of God. That before the foundations of the earth, the Father and I had her in mind. When we, when we crafted her into existence, that, that no matter what her behavior is, she is still somebody. She's not somebody based upon what she's done. She's somebody because what I'm going to do on the cross. She is somebody. And, and, and I can hear and this woman come. She said, he without said, let him cast the first stone. Behavior. He said, come on, woman. Now, I don't know how it went, but I can just imagine Jesus grabbing her hands and said, I know, I know your heart's broken. I know people look down upon you, specifically religious people. But I need to tell you, you're somebody. That you are of value to me. And your, de- your value is not dependent upon your behavior. Your de- value is dependent upon who I am. I said, That's what he's saying to us. I, you know, I just can't. I, I, I just try to imagine this. Jesus grabbing her hand, putting his arms around her, and the two of them cry, and Jesus embraced her. And then right as he walks away, he says, go. Now, don't do that anymore because I didn't, I didn't design you to have affairs. Find you one man. Get married. Don't do that anymore because that breaks your heart. But you need to know, I love you very much, unconditionally. Can you imagine that picture? I remember, I, you know, I have a niece that is in a, engaged in a same-sex relationship. And, you know, you, know, people, you know, people think I'm this, like, you know, whenever you get doctor in front of your name, folk think you're really smart. And I'm like, no, nah, that really doesn't determine if you're smart. It just shows you how much you don't know. But anyway, well, you know... My niece, my, my sister called me because she heard I was coming to Dallas to visit my family. And my niece, you know, the whole family, they beat her up, right? They have really tormented my niece because of this same-sex relationship. And so, you know, I, when I tell my sister, I said, hey, listen, I'm coming to Dallas, and, you know, I'm going I'm to let you know I want to talk to my niece, and we're going to have a great conversation. And, and she said, oh, yeah. So my oldest sister heard that I was coming. So she came and she, she said, hold on, brother, I need to just make sure you got the word right. So she gives me these, these wonderful verses out of the book of Leviticus. I mean, it's talking about killing, you know, people in same sex attraction relationships. So she gives me these verses, yeah, you can put the word on her. And once she gets the word, she can't help but to turn around. I said, well, let me ask you, have you put the word on her? She said, uh-huh. I said, Lord, help that poor child, help that poor child. I arrive in Dallas, I call my niece, and she's scared to death. In fact, she's living in one of my rental properties. And so she's thinking that I'm going to come in and evict her and kick her out of my house. And so I show up on, on the front door, and she said, hey, uncle, how you doing? I said, fine. So she welcomes me in, and I sit down, and I don't say anything at first. Because I knew she wanted me to say something, so I didn't say anything. And so she said, Unc, so I mean, go, go, don't give me the judgment. And I said, well, what, what, what do you mean give you the judgment? She said, give me the judgment. And so I stood up and I walked up to her because, you know, she's a basketball player. She's about 6'2". So she can almost look me in my eyes. And I grab her by her cheeks and I kisses her on her forehead. I said, let me give you the judgment. I love you very, very, very much. I love you more today than I have ever loved you. And my love grows deeper and deeper, day after day after day, because you're still my baby. And she just broke out in tears. You see, that's all people want to be is loved. And when we turn our backs on them, it causes deep pain in their hearts. And can you imagine the power God has given you with unconditional love to tell people, to announce to people, I don't care what your behavior looks like. I'm going to love you anyway. I don't care what you've done in the past. I'm going to love you anyway. And even if you don't convert and become who I am, I'm going to still love you anyway. That's unconditional love. She weeped throughout the entire evening. And we just loved on each other. You see, when we lavish people with love, it changes our perspective. Our perspective is that they are of value, not because of their behavior, because of what, who God is and what he's done for their lives. And so often, listen, uh, poor parents, what do you do? You love them. You just grab them and you love them. Now, I do want to just put a comment and give you one of my issues. One of my issues is we have parents so afraid to even come out and talk about it and we don't provide an environment. That's why I'm excited about the ministry you're going to create because it's going to bring freedom to parents as well. But everyone has value. I don't care who they are. Well, let me hurry up and I'll get on down the road so that I can get out of here. Uh, but there's another point that I wanted to bring up real quick. Listen to this here. I said, when we lavish people with love, it results in love guiding our language. Yeah, in other words, what I'm talking about is you need to get rid of some of this old crazy language we give to people. We must say, God, give us grace with our language. Now, I know there are certain Bible verses when someone is in a, ser- a same-sex relationship I don't quote. They can be destructive. Oh, let me give you this verse and you tell me if this would. I mean, if you were in a relationship, you tell me what you would think. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13, listen to what this verse says. This verse says, if a man lies with a man, as one lies with a woman, both of them have done what is detestable, they must be put to death. Their blood will be on their own hands, on their own head. Can you imagine that verse? I don't use it. You see, my my niece, that's the last thing that she needed to hear. Hey, how you doing, Jennifer? You need to be put to death. (laughs) And your blood is on your own head. Last thing she needed to hear. She needed to be loved. Now, I know one of your questions must be, well, how would you tell her that you disagree with her lifestyle? Oh, I tell her. She heard it very, about three days later, I sat down with her. And she said, Uncle Ricky, do you think this is wrong? And I said, I said, Jennifer, I believe in this thing called original intent. Have you ever heard of original intent, the theology of original intent? I mean, it's a fun theology, but this is what I said to her. I said, Jennifer, this is what I believe. I believe that that when in Genesis chapter 1 and in Genesis chapter 2, the world was perfect. There was nothing no one can do to change the way the world looked because it was God's original intention for how the world was to operate. I said, and as we look throughout the entire scriptures, It always points us back to Genesis 1 and 2. It says, how do I get you to live like Genesis 1 and 2? How do I get you to live in this perfect environment? They're always trying to get it back to Genesis 1 and 2. So check it out. So all of a sudden in Genesis chapter 10, you get the flood. Why did we have the flood? It was to wipe out everybody. Why? To start Genesis 1 and 2 all over again. Why do you think that we had the Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments came to say, hey, guys, listen, we need to get back to Genesis 1 and 2. That's all it was to do. This was when God made us perfect. That's when it had no sin. In Genesis 3, it developed sin, and God is trying to get it back to 1 and 2. If you go to the New Testament, go to Mark chapter 9, Jesus said, guy asked Jesus a question about divorce. You know what Jesus says? That's not how it was in the beginning. He's talking about God's ritual intent. I never intended a divorce. That's what he says. And then if you go over to 1 Timothy, and then they're talking about the the authority of men and women, and then all of a sudden the Apostle Paul says, that's not how it was in the beginning. They're trying to get us back to Genesis 1 and 2. And then finally in Revelation 22, last chapter of the Bible, John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth and and and, and, and a new Jerusalem. Guess what the picture is painted of? Genesis 1 and 2. And I said, Jennifer, if we look at Genesis 1 and 2, it answers all of our questions. If you have a question about abortion, go to Genesis 1 and 2. That's God's original intent. It says be fruitful and multiply. That's, it's a Genesis 1 and 2. If you have a question about homosexuality, go to Genesis 1 and 2, God's original intent. That's not the, the life God originally intended for you to have. And God, the reason why he gave these rules is to get you to live like Genesis 1 and 2. I'm not to say, I'm not here to, I'm not here to, 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 to say, wow, your, your mate is, is wrong. What I'm saying is you're not embracing God's best for your life and certainly you can all, we can all choose God's second best but God desired that we walk in his first best and you know for the first time she said I got to think about that and then she popped the question on me and I'm telling you I mean, she's a sharp girl she she has a degree from Tulane I mean she's sharp she popped the question on me she said, "Oh, what if I love her? What if I feel the God what if I feel God, from the very beginning, made us to be together? Boy, I was stuck for a little while, right? And so you know how you got to try to wiggle out of it? I said, let me just wiggle out of it. You know what I mean? I had to wiggle out of it. I said, Lord, I, I'm going to make some of you mad, but I'm going to say it anyway. But look, 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 let me tell you what I told you. I said, here's the reality, Jennifer. The bottom line is I love women. I do. I said, if you chose a guy in the Bible for me to be like, I would probably choose Solomon. A thousand wives and girlfriends. They'd be, wear- they'd be waiting on me, dropping grapes in my mouth. And I said, love, feet be up. They'd be giving me pedicures and manicures. I said, I just have all women. That's- I love women. But the reality is, the Bible says I can only marry one. And I can't have them all. And I said, as good as it feels to have someone, God says you can't do it. And I know how it is to love people, especially when you've been hurt by the opposite sex. But I just, I can't, I can't have them all because God says I can't. That's his best for my life. And you know, for the first time, she's been processing And Every time I talk to her, guess what she talked to me about? God's original intent. Oh, tell me about that original intent again. I'm still processing that. And I share See, we've got to be sensitive with our language. We don't need to tell them, Lord, you need to die and, 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 and your blood is on your head. No, no. We need to lay out an argument that God grace will cover. And she knows. My love for her is unconstitutional. Well, let me hurry up and get out of here. i got to give you one more point before I get out of here. And so, uh, in this last point, this is what I said. It, 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 and and and, 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 and I love this last one because uh, I, I said that when we lavish others with love, it results in love guiding and giving hope. Isn't that good? That when we lavish people with love, it guides and gives us hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only us, but it gives, if you're in the same-sex community, it gives them hope. Now let me tell you how I set that up in the scriptures. I went to 1 Corinthians chapter six. Now and I want you to really pay attention to this. In 1 Corinthians chapter six, it lays out this wonderful, wonderful argument that I just fell in love with. Listen to what it says here, verses nine and 10. It says, "Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived." Neither the sexually immoral nor uh, uh, idolaters, or adulterers, or men who have sex with men or thieves, nor the needy, uh, nor the greedy, nor the drunken, nor the slanderers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Did you see that? It lists all these sinful people up. That's what it did. Paul is writing them this letter, and he says, listen, none of these people will inherit the kingdom of God. You know what I think Paul was really saying? Paul was saying, the list is broad. You can stay focused on men sleeping with other men, but the list is broad. We're all broken. We may not be sleeping with men, but guess what? We're, there are a whole lot of drunks in here, or recovering drunks. You say, well, well, well I'm not a current drunk. There, there might be a sexaholic in here, been st- tiptoeing late at night looking at porn. Yeah. You say, well, well, that's not me either. Well, you probably cheated on your taxes every year. Guess what? You're on the list too. You may have conned somebody out of their own money, and, or you may, you may have had a crooked business deal. You're on the list too. What, what Paul is saying is, we're all broken. We all have been wounded. We all have issues, and we all have pain. We all have problems. We all have hurts, habits, hang-ups. We are a wounded people. We've all done it. And I may not know your sin, but you've got it in your life. And don't you look at me like you're sinless. Scripture says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all are broken individuals who have committed sin. But Paul says, he says in verse 11, let's just go down one verse. And he just, here's the capstone. He says, and such were some of you. the, 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 The list of sinners, it was some of us. It was me. He says, here's, this blows me away. He said, but you were washed. Did you see the past tense? Were washed, E D. But you were washed. You were sanctified, past tense. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. That you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. In other words, what he's saying is, the same God that delivered you from your mess can deliver them from their mess. Don't you get caught up on their mess. No, you give them hope because the same God, the same God, and you know what it was like when you were trapped in your mess. The same God who delivered them will deliver anybody else. What hope? What hope did we have? what hope that the com- that, that, that the same sex community that 's hope. The same God. Don't you discount God and what God can do. Mine best used to sing a song. There is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he will do for you. God can do it to anybody. He can deliver. Don't get stuck in your pornography. God can deliver you from that. That's hope. Don't you drunkards get discouraged about about drinking. God can deliver you. No matter what our issues are, God has the power to deliver. He does. And what if we had the attitude that as we unveil and open this ministry, I don't care who God sends to this church, I'm going to love them. I'm going to give them value. I'm going to give them dignity. Just as I close and take my seat, I I remember when I was, when I first moved back to Washington, D.C., and I had, I lived in the hood. I'm talking about the real hood. The hood it'll blow your mind when you come to my house. In fact, my wife won't even live in my house. My wife said, you got to buy a house in the suburbs and you come out and see me out there, but you can live down there. Now when I go home, on my corner, I have drug dealers, I have prostitutes. Prostitutes drink liquor, they're always begging. They throw trash on the ground all the time. And after I'd been there for about 30 days, I started getting mad. Because I walk up every day up down the street picking up trash, I started getting mad. I got drug dealers, I got prostitutes, I got I got all these thugs, I got kids who are undisciplined. They throw trash on the ground, and I was mad. And I went in and started praying for them. I said, Lord, if you could just kill all the drug dealers, it'll be okay with me. (laughs) Now, really, I was. I said, just kill them, take their lives, just wipe them off the face of the corner. And the prostitutes, Lord, they're probably just passing age out. They don't need to be there anyway. Kill them. Just kill them. You take them off my corner, I'll be all right. These little unruly children, I'm going to get a switch, and I'm going to show them how to pick up trash. (laughs) I was frustrated. And so as I was praying, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart. And all of a sudden he said, you think you're better than them, don't you? Grew up in the hood. I know what it's like to be in the hood. He said, "I know," but what an arrogance! You say you know what it's like to be with them, but you really don't. So I started to pursue that. I said, "Well, Lord, what do you want me to do?" He said, "Tomorrow, I want you to throw a party for him." I said, "What me? <laughs> not for Lefty? I uh-uh, ain't going. Not for Lulu." He throwing no party. Can you imagine what the neighborhood's going to look like with the, all the reverend coming to town throwing a party for all these dysfunctional folk? Lord said, throw a party. So the next morning I got up and I went and bought some hamburgers and hot dogs, you know, frustrated with the Lord. And I uh, just said, okay, I'm going to throw the party. And I brought out this little cheap grill I had, and I sat in the front yard. And I just threw three hamburg- hot dogs on the grill at first, and I had my buns and my ketchup and relish out. All of a sudden, Lulu comes up and said, can I have one? And I said, yeah, Lulu. You can have one. So I said, here's a relish and a ketchup and a mustard. Just fix it up the way you want. So she went down the street and told another prostitute. And so she came back and said, hey, hey Rev, can I get a hot dog? I said, yeah. So then I'm having to add hot dogs to my grill. She said, Rev, would you, would you, would you, can I, yeah, get one, get one. And then Lefty, Lefty is the biggest drug dealer in our community. He's 50 years old. And I'm like, Lefty, is that your, what's your retirement plan going to look like? <laughs> no, really. And so Lefty comes up and he said, yo, what's up, dog? He didn't want to ask me for one. And so I, I had to, you know, deal with his pride. So I said, Lefty, would you like a hot dog? He said, can I get two? I said, Yeah. So I put some more on, and and then all of a sudden he called all of his homeboys on. He said, I want y'all to meet Rev. And man, now I got the grill full of hot dogs. And for the first time in my life, I said, that's what grace looks like. Grace looks, it looks like creating an environment where broken people can come with all of their hurts, with all of their pain, with all of their habits, and feel the love of Jesus. That's what, it's, that's, that's what grace is. And I just, I, my yard was so full, and I had a couple of church folk come over. Reverend, I don't know what we're going to do over here. I said, You just don't come. Just going back home. I don't want to deal with you. They came, but, 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 but now, you know what? I'll be sitting in my front yard and say, When are you going to throw a hot dog party? We do it every week now. We got, you know, right now, I only do it once a week, but, 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 but we do it every week. We invite the lefties over. You know why? Because God loves them. They have a value to left, left. He's a value to God. Careful with my language. And you know what? I know what God delivered me from. He can deliver them as well. I will always have hope because God can do it. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Father, I thank you so much for this wonderful body. Father, we thank you for the challenges that we that we see all the time here in this community, and specifically, Father, we see we 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 thank you for the challenge of our gay and lesbian community, same-sex attractions. We thank you for the challenge. And Father, right now, I just tell, even though the pastor's not here, I pray for him right now, George. Prepare his heart for all of the challenges he's going to have here. But more importantly, I pray for this body. Prepare them.